Well, it was advertised to be a corker, gentlemen, and it turned out to be exactly that. Smithy, you got the margin dead right, mate, so you can feel good about yourself. You just went with the wrong team, but halfway through that third quarter, mate, you looked bang on the money. Yeah, no, I was feeling pretty good, to be honest. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game live uh, with work commitments, but yeah, checking the score uh, during the third quarter on a break, and I thought, geez, the, the Bengals are a real chance here, um, but you know, unfortunately, they couldn't get over the line. But, yeah, I got the margin correct. So give myself a slight pat on the back for that. Yeah, absolutely. And TD and I ended up picking the Rams, which was good. But there is an argument to be stated, and we'll talk more about it in a tick, TD, that you should have got the Super Bowl MVP pick right. But no complaints, mate. The Rams got over the line, as we predicted. Yeah, they did. And I'm not too fussed about the MVP. It probably could have gone either way. But, um, yeah, I think Cup deserves it. But we'll touch on that when we speak about the game. Yeah, that's it. So if you're watching on YouTube, not listening like you would normally would, we'd really appreciate a subscribe, like the video so more people can see it. The YouTube algorithm is working in new and exciting ways, so the like button is becoming more and more prevalent. Of course, I am Daz, that's Smithy to my right, and TD is down the bottom there in descending order of light, which is interesting. But fellas, let's get stuck into it. The biggest concern, I think, for the Bengals would have been not to get too overhyped and too nervous about the occasion. There's an argument that it did take them a bit of time to get into the game, but I don't think it affected them too much. What do you reckon, Smithy? No, I think they were pretty cool and calm and collected, like they've been in this whole playoff run, I think. Um, they've been really, really good at maintaining um, maintaining their sort of zen state, I guess you could call it. You think back to the Tennessee game and Joe Burrow was getting knocked around and he got sacked nine times, but they still managed to find a way on offense. A lot of quarterbacks would have been absolutely rattled and just turned to water in that scenario, but um, he managed to find a way to lead them to the victory and, and they did that all throughout the playoffs. So I wasn't too surprised when they came out and uh, looked like the same team they had all playoffs, to be completely honest. Well, they had a good man in charge, Heisman Trophy winner, national championship. So he's been in big spots before, obviously no spot bigger than this one. But TD, the Rams got off to a hot start, mate. And let me tell you, when OBJ caught that first touchdown pass, my Super Bowl MVP pick was making me look like a genuine genius. And we'll talk about his injury and the implications about that. But we thought the Rams would settle quicker and they definitely did. And I think it's a credit to the Bengals that it didn't get out of hand at all, let alone that quickly. Yeah, you're right. It probably could have gotten out of hand, and you touched on the Odell Beckham Jr. injury. If he doesn't get hurt, you don't know what the score could have been because the Rams were moving the ball really well up until that point. Um, you know, the way this game started was the way I thought the game would go. I thought the Rams would run away with it, and as, you, as I said, the injury happened, and, and that kind of changed the way the game was played. Um, but, you know, it was really it was good. All the credit in the world goes to the Bengals because – this game could have got away with them. I think it was 13 to three at one point. Um, they came all the way back. The momentum changed just before halftime. And then, you know, the Bengals really had the momentum early in the third quarter and they just couldn't you know, hang on to it. Yeah, they definitely couldn't. Smithy, the Rams, they're going to be pretty pumped about this, mate. And I don't know if you saw, but it wasn't perfect. I don't know if you saw TD's live Twitter updates, and I'm going to put them on the screen sort of in the middle of us here. But it's fair to say that the big fella wasn't too happy. You might have thought they should have thrown the ball, mate. Before I get your reaction to your own tweets a few days later, now that you've calmed down, Smithy, do you agree that the Rams <laughs> were running the ball too much? It seemed very predictable offensively. Um, it seemed like, especially in that third quarter, when the Bengals were on top of the game, 
I thought they were they were in front of the scoreboard and they sort of had the momentum going with them. And it just felt like everything was very predictable. It, it was a short pass on first down, uh, run play on second down, that would inevitably get blown up, as TD would uh, uh, mention as well. And a third and long that resulted in a long throw. So their offense was very predictable, very stagnant, and they just couldn't get anything going. So... I agree with TD, probably on a less aggressive note, to be honest. But um, uh, I do, it would be troubling if it was a more aggressive note. Goodness me! Yeah, I do agree with his sentiment, though. I think it was just getting a bit too predictable. And you know, if if you want to run the ball, run the ball on first down, or you know, tr- try and get creative in the run game, get touches for Cooper Cup on jet sweeps or Van Jefferson. You know, those sort of speedy receivers get them involved in the running game, not just your average halfback dive and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I definitely agree with what he was going with. And they definitely – well, they ended up doing that with Cooper Cup. His seven-yard rush was a turning point uh, in that second half as well. So it's a wonder why they didn't do it more. But, TD, now that you've had some time to calm down and relax, mate, uh, for uh, context, we still think you're right. So we're we're not jumping on you here. But now that you can sort of look at those back, do do you still agree with those sentiments as aggressively as you did even though they won the game? Well, maybe not as aggressively, but um, as you said, <laughs> I, I do agree with them. Um, and it started on the first drive. I think the Rams had it third and 18, and they ran a, a draw play. Um, hmm. And they just kept running the ball, and it didn't make any sense to me. They're a passing team. They score, I think they've scored more than 60% of their touchdowns through the air, and you want to run the ball. It just didn't work. They had two memorable runs in this game. Uh, the first one was from Matthew Stafford. I think it was a seven-yard run in the first quarter. And the second one was, uh, I think it was Sonny Michelle. Um, or it might have even been Cam Akers, but it doesn't matter who it was. They ran in, into the red zone late in the fourth quarter, I think. And they were the only two memorable runs of the whole game. Um, it wasn't working. And credit goes to the Bengals' defensive front. They played really well. Um, but, yeah, you've got to pass the ball. And the lack of depth, I guess, within the Rams' wide receiver room stood out when Odell Beckham got injured because he had... Van Jefferson, who, you know, was really non-existent this whole playoffs, especially in this game. I don't even think he got a catch. Um, you know, the guy with the funny name, Scroaneck, or or whatever his name is, um, you know, he... It should be that from now on, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's his name now. But he didn't do anything <laughs> um, or playoffs either. And, and when he had the opportunity this game, he, he dropped a pass that led to an interception. So maybe that was a reason why they ran a little bit more. I can understand why... Um, if you're going to say they didn't really have much at the receiver position. But other than that, it wasn't working. No, it didn't look like it was working. And for the record, only Cam Akers and Joe Mixon had double-digit rushing yards. And we only had one rush of double-digit yards, and that was Joe Mixon's 14, I think, in the third quarter. So I can definitely understand your frustration there, man. Let's get to Matthew Stafford's interceptions, fellas. I would argue that neither of them were really his fault, and we've talked about, especially in the podcast version, about how the intercept uh, stat is taken at times. Uh, do you feel for him in the sense of he tried to make things happen and a couple of things outside of his control led to what is the ugliest quarterback stat? I'll start with you, Smithy. I don't feel sorry for him. The men's the Super Bowl Oh, well, yeah, champion. I understand that. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> Stupid question, guys. No, yeah. but... When, but when we compare the, bad quarterbacks, it's always the like an eight TD to eleven intercept. I, that's not going to happen. Yeah, with you can use interception um, for they're, bad. They're quarterbacks definitely inflated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
No, I get what my you point, mean. My point still that. stands. It's just the only example I've got is the fucking Super Bowl. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry that we didn't have... Joe Burrow played better because he didn't throw any. Oh, <laughs> 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 to the nerve. Uh, no, to answer to, to answer your question seriously, I I do feel a bit sorry for him because, as we've been saying, the run game wasn't working, um, and it was obvious that it wasn't working. So, um, obviously, that comes back onto the quarterback. Um, and look, obviously, one of them wasn't his fault. It was a drop by the wide receiver, and the other one was just a bit unlucky. I think so to have. To go off the field with two interceptions, he didn't play. Those stats don't reflect the way he played. And seeing as the 24-7 NFL media, which we've spoken about how frustrating it is, using that stat against him, which is ridiculous. Let's get to a sticky question with no preparation. Not that we do that much before we have a chat anyway. Does this Super Bowl give Matthew Stafford not a free ride, but does he become a Hall of Famer if his career were to end today? And we know that it's not, but as it stands right now, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? I'll go in reverse order. TD, what do you reckon? That's a really tough question. Um, I was due for one. The last one was shit, apparently. So I just thought I'd <laughs> back that up with a cracker. I, I don't know. I know he's had a long career, but I, if you ended it right now, I don't think it's long enough. Um I think it probably is a Hall of Fame career if he plays another five years. But if you were to end it right now, I don't think the Super Bowl um, is enough to get him over the line. What in that five years do you think makes him a certain starter? Is it one Super Bowl? Is it two? Is it many? Is it consistency? What do you think he if needs he, to do to get him? If he wins another one, I think that's, you know, he's certainly walking into the Hall of Fame. But, um, you know, probably will if he if he just throws for 4,000, 5,000 yards every season for the next five and, and 30-odd touchdowns and, and he'll accumulate the stats you know by the end you know by the end of his career he's probably going to have nearly the most passing yards all time that's how underrated he is um but yeah i think it's going to be enough to get him in bang i like it well he's going to have to play if the numbers tell us another four years because unless you're the new england patriots the uh, gap in the last 15 years between teams winning a super bowl and then getting back and winning another one is the new york giants with from 2008 to 2012 so maybe that five years you're spot on smithy do you think he gets in uh, right now and if not what does he need to do and for how long right now no uh, and i actually saw something really interesting richard sherman um was pretty passionate about this on twitter saying that it's way too easy to get into the nfl hall of fame now and there needs to be a lot more prestige about the honour. And reading what he was saying was really interesting because when you think about it, it's probably true. And I think it's like that for all sport Hall of Fames. Um, it's sort of like it doesn't hold that upper echelon, top 1% sort of prestige at the moment. So I agree with what Richard Sherman was saying, and I don't think that Stafford walks in at the moment he would probably you'd be looking at either another Super Bowl, a couple of individual honors such as an offensive player of the year, Pro Bowl selections, even All Pro, one of those ones, uh, or statistics. So if he was to play another five six years at a really high level, then mm. he might have the stats where you sort of go, yeah, he deserves a spot. But right now, it's a no. Well, the, the list of the Hall of Fame finalists from this year that didn't get in had a combined 34 All-Pros. I think there were five or six players there. Matthew Stafford's got zero. 
So it does make you, it does, I agree with you, the recency bias, I think, that comes into, you know, he's the hottest thing in town because he's just won the Super Bowl. If the Bengals had got over the line, I mean, the uh, Bengals fans would want Joe in the Hall of Fame. You know, rightly so. That's how the emotion of the game works. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think we rushed to get into the Hall of Fame. We've spoken about this, especially you and I, Smithy, with the uh, Aussie sport that we've got down here as well. Rightly or wrongly, uh, halftime show. Let's get into it because if you listen to the podcast version, you'll know that there was not one single person in Australia that was more excited for this halftime show than me. Smithy has about as much love um, for rap as my real dad does for me. So that's just interesting. And TD was kind of in the middle. He was just hoping that it would be a good halftime show and we'd go from there. So we'll start with the uh, least amount of love. Smithy, what did you think of the ensemble of Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, which coming from a guy as white as me is just extraordinary. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Eminem. As you said, um, I don't hold a lot of passion or love for rap music. It's I, I'm probably the complete opposite side of that genre <laughs> with more, yeah. you know, yeah, Australian alternative and stuff like that. But I sat down and watched the whole halftime show and it was incredible. It was such a great spectacle, so good to watch. Um, and they put on a genuine show, which was really cool. And obviously, even if you're like me and you're not a massive fan of, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, all those guys, you know they're big hits. So when they roll those out, it, it gets you bopping in your chair and it gets you really engaged. So I thought it was unbelievable. Um I probably wouldn't call it the greatest of all time, controversially. <laughs> Hello, uh, recency bias back again. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think... Not from you, yeah. from those that are suggesting that it is. Let's let it marinate yeah. for a bit. Goodness me. I think Prince playing Purple Rain in the rain. In the rain. Oh. Pretty insane, but um, it, it definitely beat my expectations, that's for sure. Bang, which is all we can ask for. TD, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I guess... For me, the equivalent would be if it was, I guess, the AFL grand final and there was 360 and draft and, and the Hilltop Hoods and Seth Century and, and guys like that. But We um, produce I, not good enough rappers if that's the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, anyway, um, I was a big 50 Cent fan um, through high school. So when I saw he uh, might be making an appearance, that um, kind of made it for me. And, and although he was only on there for one song, it did enough. I, I loved it. Um, I'm with Smithy. I don't know if it was the greatest of all time or Smithy said it wasn't, but um, me, obviously, recency bias does kick in. Uh, it was really good, and we'll leave it at that for now, I guess. Oh, I can just imagine TD rocking up to Blue Light Smithy with Candy Shop as his ringtone and just absolutely <laughs> jamming. I can, would have absolutely loved it. Would never have I can that. confirm. I can <laughs> confirm that he was a massive 50 <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that he was. So I came into this wanting it to be probably 10 out of 10 and you can't have a performance 10 out of 10. So I'm going to put it on me. First of all, that my expectations, I don't think were ever going to be met at all. And that's just because of how big a fan that I was and uh, not to sound like a wanker, but I definitely will be with this sentence, but with YouTube premium, I was able to watch it and then turn the screen off and then listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So, Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm rocking out my 20 bucks a month here, mate. Let me tell you, that's <laughs> how much I fucking hate ads. But I actually enjoyed it more with the screen off, with the screen on. So I don't know whether you call that uh, a fail or not, but I really enjoyed the acts. I 
walked away from it thinking Kendrick probably didn't need to be there, which sucks because he's like a top five lyricist of our generation. But if you're, if we're talking about how memorable the acts were, he would probably fit last on there. And there are probably Kendrick fanboys, fingers crossed that are watching this right now thinking that I'm a moron and that's okay. You can think that I'm wrong, but I thought it was a fantastic ensemble. I thought it sounded better with the screen off than on. I'm probably more disappointed than I should be, but I get the feeling that, the more I listen to it, the happier I'll be. You don't need to raise your hand, TD. We're not in class. Oh, I just want to jump in without interrupting you. I, I just thought maybe um, the length is why a lot of people might have been disappointed. Such a, a well, star-studded cast, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> I wish they would, mate, but unfortunately they won't. So the second half, the Bengals started to get on top. At any point, how high was your belief that the Bengals were going to get over the line? Now, Smithy, you had more emotional investment in the Bengals because you picked them, and no one likes to be right more than you. So uh, I know you couldn't watch it live, but checking the scores as much as you could, how much belief did you have the further the game went on? I think, so when I finished my uh, lunch break, there was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Mm. and I think the Bengals were just getting the ball back. Um, after the Rams punted to them. And at that point, I actually felt pretty confident that the Bengals could go on with it. I thought they were moving the ball better offensively and I didn't have a lot of confidence in the Rams' offense at that time because of the predictability we spoke about earlier. So I was sort of thinking, yeah, you know what? If the Bengals can get a score here, I think I said it to you guys, if the Bengals can get a score and make it a two-possession game, they're going to be home and hose, but unfortunately for them, the Rams' defense stood up and made some big plays and um, were able to get up late. So I, I was pretty confident, and it's going to hurt the Bengals uh, for a long time, obviously, but they're so young, and they have got the cornerstones of sustained success. So uh, Bengals fans, although it would have been nice to obviously win this game, I think there's going to be a few more Super Bowls in your uh, immediate future. Bang. I like it. I was going to save it towards the end, but let's jump in now before we move on to the next bit of the game. TD, how much faith have you got in the Bengals in the sustained success that Smithy touched on earlier? Uh, not as much as Smithy, and that's kind of, I guess, been me. I've um, Obviously, you guys have, have been higher on them all year than I have. I just think they've had such a good year, and it was one of those years where you really have to cash in now um, and a lot of people have, like, I've heard a lot of Bengals fans saying, uh, we'll, we'll be there again. Like, we're going to be there again. You know who else said that? Uh, Packers fans said that when Aaron Rodgers won them the Super Bowl in 2011. He hasn't been back. Um, we all said it about Patrick Mahomes. We thought he would have had probably two or three rings by now. I, I know he's been back, but he hasn't won one. It's just not easy to get back, especially in the AFC right now. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere. The Bills aren't going anywhere. I think a lot of people are forgetting about the Ravens. Um, they're not going anywhere either. Justin Herbert is going to be uh, with the Chargers for a long time, and I'm sure he's going to get his shot as well. So I don't think there's any certainty that they're going to be back at all. Um, And I think everything fell your way this year if you're the Bengals and you got through the AFC. You only had to beat the Chiefs. You didn't have to beat the Chiefs and the Bills, um, and you couldn't get it done. And and I think there's got to be hope there because obviously they're a good team and and – you know, they're not going to be a bad – they're just going to go back to being a bad team. But there's going to be so many good teams in the AFC, I think, for the next five to ten years uh, that's just going to make it really hard for them to win a Super Bowl in that time. Yeah. Well, my thing on this is they went 13-8 and eight for the year um, and they won five games 
in the last play or the last 20 seconds. So if you automatically take those games out, that's eight and eight in convincing scores, which is a problem. I know I've said it about the Dolphins all year, but offensive line is where they need to be. It was uh, Burrow was sacked an equal Super Bowl high seven times, which is a massive problem that I'm not saying anything that um, no one hasn't already figured out yet. But I think the problem that the Bengals have got is Cinderella doesn't get sequels. It gets remade. Someone is going to come from nowhere next year and get Dallas. in there. Sorry? I just say Dallas. No, we Cinderella story, man. Not the <laughs> ugly stepsister. Goodness <laughs> me. But some like someone is going to get there, and there's not even a guarantee that they're going to be the best team in the division next year. Because, like you said, they've we've forgotten about the Ravens. So I'm so happy for Bengals fans. If Bengals fans are commenting saying we're absolutely going to get back, you have every right to believe you guys are going to be as amazing as you want them to be. And I hope that happens. You you know, I haven't won a Super Bowl yet. You were so close, but so far, I hope you go well. But I think it's maybe a little bit irresponsible of neutral fans to go. They're absolutely going to be back there. So many variables in an NFL season. Their roster's not complete yet. Give them an off-season. Smithy, I know you'll be keeping a close eye in the buy-hold-sell, mate. That was one of our more popular um, preseason shows. I'm looking forward to seeing where they're at, but I agree with you guys. Let's call the Jets a little bit. Let's skip ahead to the fourth quarter. Things needed to happen, and I want to give all the prompts to Cooper Cup if I can, but let's talk about Aaron Donald here because the man, Jalen Ramsey, I thought didn't have a fantastic game, and I know that won't get talked about because his team won, so let's just, you know, it's not we're not here to bash the bloke, but Von Miller was very good in bits, but Aaron Donald maybe had a, a, a slow-ish start, but for crying out loud, when the going needed to be done, he was front and center the entire time, and there are no new words that I can come up with to demonstrate just how good he is. Smitty, what did you think of his performance, even though he didn't win the MVP? And should that matter? No, nah, it doesn't matter at all. Um, doesn't matter at all. He arguably made the two biggest plays on defense of the game. Uh, the, the third and one, where he pretty much grabbed Samaji P. Ryan and just picked him up and threw him back so he didn't get to the first down marker. And then obviously on the fourth down, he was the one that got to Joe Burrow and forced the incompletion that inevitably won them the game. So, um, yeah, it, it was just a huge performance. He came out and spoke about how desperately he wanted to win this ring and how he needed to do it and how driven he was. And you could just see it in that last quarter. He, he was a different animal. Yeah, I love the when he picked up – I can't – I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the uh, – the Bengals player's name, because for crying out loud, my blooper reel is getting already way too long, as the podcast listeners would know. But it looked like, literally looked like a father picking up his toddler to put him to bed. It was yeah. unbelievable. It was incredible. So massive prompts to him. TD, how impressed were you with him? And were you keeping a closer eye on him because you did uh, have him as your Super Bowl MVP? Not so much a, a closer eye on him, although I was kind of hoping he, he did play well enough. And, and you said um, slow start. They certainly did that, and that was the Rams' defense in general. They just weren't sending pressure early on, and um, credit has to go to the Rams' coaching staff. They, I don't think they had a good game, and that won't be spoken about because they won, like you said, with Jalen Ramsey. But they made the adjustments at halftime to uh, send pressure, and once that happened, what did they get? Six sacks in the second half, and uh, Joe Burrow was sacked the most times or equal most times in the Super Bowl. Um, and a lot of that came from Aaron Donald. I think he had two sacks and two tackles for loss and had three extra quarterback hits as well. He was just incredible. And he's a guy that it takes games like this to realize how good he actually is because so many times throughout the year, he just 
um, has to sit on that defensive line being double teamed, triple teamed, and there's not much he can really do when there's that much attention to him. But as the game goes on, he gets better, and, and that's what happened here. And I thought um, he certainly did enough to win the MVP. But as I said at the start of the show, I think you couldn't have taken that away from Cup. And you add to the narrative of the season that he had, I think he needed a little bit of recognition for that as well. So I think the narrative um, worked its way in there. Um, but I'm, yeah, Cup, I think, deserved it. Uh, if they were, I, I could see them splitting the award this year, but I don't like splitting awards. So I think they had to give it to one person, and Cup was the right person to give it to. Yeah, I like it. The only wide receiver with Jerry Rice to win the Triple Crown Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP in their careers. Now, Jerry did two of the three in 1987. Uh, Cup did it in the same season. So it's just, just simply extraordinary. What fantastic company to be in. Are you shaking your head in astonishment, Smithy, or are you just yeah, being in, to you? Oh, it, astonishment. No, okay. in, in astonishment, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. All good. Um, let's bring I, – I hate bringing this up, and I hope we can keep this bit short. Um the refs i do not believe in refs costing teams games but in the era of social media everyone has the right to complain i feel like the only people that are allowed to complain are rams fans because as we know especially with men who are sports fans yes i'm going to generalize here deal with it i've already been canceled for an atlanta and jacksonville clip from earlier if you want to listen to that in the podcast so i don't really give a stuff but men sports fans can't blame their team we are like this. TD, you got better at it as Della started losing more and more, which was good to see you come off your high horse there. But it's always got to be someone else's fault, whether it's the refs, an opposition player balling out, an opposition coach doing something that we couldn't see coming. We can't blame the people on the field. And going through a seven-game losing streak with my Dolphins, I definitely did it with the offensive line, and that's about it. How frustrating were you as a neutral watching Smithy with the refs going on? Because the T Higgins one is the one that gets talked about a lot, even though it was on the losing team. Do you think that had a massive impact or has social media overreacted here? Social media overreacts about everything, Daz. And that's something that is that's something we have to learn. Um, I saw some pretty crazy comments on Twitter after the game saying that the NFL rigged the Super rigged. Bowl for <laughs> LA to win. And I'm yeah. sitting there thinking about the missed pass interference on T Higgins thinking, hmm, if it was really rigged, <laughs> don't you think that would have got called over everything else? Yeah. Or bringing was... Cooper Cup's touchdown back. <laughs> like... Yeah. It, it just defies belief. Um, yeah, I don't think the refs can be blamed. Was it a little bit weird that they only started throwing flags at the end of the game? Mm. Say what you want, but when they're put on the – they're put on the, the spot at the end of the game. They're more like, especially in the red zone, you see it all throughout the season. If there's any contact in the end zone, the refs are throwing the flag. So mm. I don't feel like it was anything out of the norm. I don't feel like it was really making that big of a difference. I think the Rams were going to score regardless, to be perfectly honest. So, um, yeah, people who are looking to blame the refs are just in denial at the moment. The, the stages yeah. of greed. <laughs> I like it. I get frustrated. And again, we've talked about this with the sports that we've got here in Australia. The the whistle, or in this case, putting the flags away in big games is awesome. We should have more of it. TD, were you frustrated with the refs in this game? And are you frustrated that we can't get that officiating during the regular season? I wasn't frustrated with the refs. I am frustrated that we can't get that sort of... Um refereeing and i guess it goes for all sports i'm a big fan of mm. 
kind of just blowing the the fouls or the free kicks or the penalties that are right that are blatantly obvious and and every niggly thing in between just leave um, and let these players play. But uh, I think when you look at this game, there was two big calls, maybe wrong calls, I guess you could call them, and that was the offensive pass interference um, and the the holding call against or was on Cooper Cup. The penalty wasn't, but the hold was. Uh, and I think if you weigh up those decisions, that uh, offensive pass interference that should have been called uh, heavily outweighs the other one because that was a 75-yard touchdown play, whereas the other one, I, I know it resulted in a first down in the uh, red zone on third down, but who's to say the Rams weren't scoring on fourth down anyway? If the Bengals, if that penalty comes back, what's it, a first and 20 or first and 25, they're not scoring a touchdown on that drive, and and they only scored three points after that drive anyway, so the game could have gotten really ugly after that. I think there's no need to be blaming refs or or saying the refs uh, rigged the result. Um, it, it's just yeah, people are going to do it, and it's annoying, mm. but there's no need. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get to Odell. Uh, ACL were the early reports. Still nothing confirmed from, well, my sources. If you guys know any different, feel free to sing out. Does If it is an ACL tear, does that affect whether the Rams should bring him back next year or not, Smithy? I think it nearly affects if he plays next. If he plays, again, to be completely honest, he's got his ring now. He's really struggled with injuries all throughout his career. Um, the ACL would put him out. All of next year, definitely. Yeah. I don't know if we see Odell again, to be honest. I can just see him taking his ring and sailing off into the sunset. His wife is about to have a baby. I don't know if we see him again. I think this injury could be the end of him, which is really sad to say, but it's really cool to think about Odell Beckham 10 weeks ago or whatever it was when he was on the Browns and... He was having two catches a game for 13 yards. And everyone was saying that he was done. He was washed up. He couldn't play anymore. He was the problem. He was a locker room cancer. All this stuff that was going on. And then he gets traded, balls out in LA and gets a ring. I just think it's a really cool way to go off on a high note. And as we were talking about this before the show, mm. how more athletes should finish on that high note of going out a champion yeah. instead of prolonging their career for an extra one to two years, not doing much and then just sort of disappearing into the background. I think he yeah. go if he goes out on top now, he's got his ring, he can start his family, happy days. I, I love everything about that. It's uh, It would be a disappointing end uh, injury-wise, but as far as I'm concerned, if we're five years down the road talking about how fantastic Odell Beckham Jr. was, we're just going to end the story with an incredible Super Bowl victory and he caught a touchdown in the game, so it's not like he had zero impact. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I like it, Teddy. You're nodding your head, so I feel like you're going to be in agreement here. Yeah, I never even thought about um, Odell not being seen again, but you I could imagine that after Smithy says that he's the kind of guy he's charismatic, he's outspoken. You know, he could go on uh, for the next five to ten years doing something else. I could see him mucking around in the WWE like Rob Gronkowski did for a little bit. He's just <laughs> that kind of guy that would just do something extreme. It's not like he'll be, uh, you know, he, he won't be looking for a job or anything. I'm sure jobs will come his way the way he is, and it is kind of sad to see that. Um, 
that he did get injured. I thought he was playing really well and nearly the best football of his career. He was in for a big game in this game. It looked like the Rams really wanted to use him. Uh, when he get injured in the first quarter or maybe early in the second and he already had uh, two catches for nearly 60 yards and, and that touchdown. And, um, you know, he's a guy that I really never did like just because of his off-the-field antics and, and stuff like that. But his time in L.A., was turning me around on him, and I started to really like him. Obviously, always liked him as a player because uh, guys like that you have to like as a player, no matter what you feel about them off the field. But um, it is sad to see him get injured, but they did win. Um, he wasn't sulking on the sideline. They won the Super Bowl, um, and he was happy with that. So, like, he's sitting there sulking. He was obviously happy to win that Super Bowl, uh, and good for him. And if this is the end for him, I think that's a perfect way to go out. Yeah, I like it. Speaking of, you said Odell's getting ready to start a family. Van Jefferson had his baby boy come along six hours after the Super Bowl finish. Talk about the uh, the perfect day. So best wishes not only to Van but to Mrs. Jefferson as well. And imagine being the uh, being the son. Just uh, what a day, what a way to sort of start. And yeah, if the old man's not uh, not happy in the early stages of his life, he might be in a bit of trouble. Old uh, young Jefferson. Goodness gracious me! If the old man's not happy after that, he might be in. Big, big trouble. Last thing that I want to touch on, fellas, before I reckon we get out of here, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So much talk about whether they should have taken Panay Sewell. And as far as I'm concerned, you get to a Super Bowl, these sort of trivial things are a bit crap. Smithy talked about a photo that went viral of uh, Jamar Chase uh, absolutely burning. Was it Jalen Ramsey, you were saying? Had he dead to rights? Yeah, yeah. Jalen Ramsey dead to right. And if only they had an offensive line, he would have found Chase. But if they didn't draft Chase, he wouldn't have been free. It's a whole little shit show. But do we, at the end of the day, need to just calm down and recognize that what these two and this organization have done has been genuinely outstanding, even though they were a field goal away from the ultimate? What do you think, TD? Yeah, I think so. Um, if you draft Penesul there, I don't think they get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they have good wide receivers. T. Higgins is, would be uh, the wide receiver one on, on a lot of teams. and. Even Tyler Boyd's been their best receiver for a long time. Uh, so I think they wouldn't have been lacking at wide receiver. They just would have been lacking the explosiveness that all three of them combined can do. And obviously led by Jamar Chase, who had so many big plays and won them so many games. Uh, but I don't think they get there at all without Jamar Chase. As you know, they need to fix that offensive line. Uh, they went through the whole year with having a bad offensive line and, and all the coaching and, and whatever they did to it. It never worked the whole season. They didn't really have periods where the offensive line was any good. Uh, it's a real big issue. That That's obviously the first thing that needs to be fixed about this team. Uh, and we all know it. That's, there's no need for anyone to even say it because going into the offseason, if they don't use their uh, first-round draft pick on an offensive lineman, even if they grab some in free agency, it just doesn't make sense. They're going to have pick 30, 31 probably because they lost the Super Bowl, I guess. But, um, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, they had a – magnificent season and who knows um, if Jamar Chase is going to replicate that next year, but you just have to say that going forward, these two are going to be like a dynamic duo that you kind of uh, can match with Rogers and Adams and uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and guys like that. And, you know, it's his first season. He's got 10 plus years to go. So it's going to be exciting. Both of them. I like it. And I owe Jamar a slab after getting me over the line easily in rookie watch Smitty. I know that this is going to be, you know, day and probably a week or however long it takes for the Bengals to sort of get over this. But at the end of the day, surely it's a celebration of a, of a season where they were, betting-wise, predicted to be the worst team in their division, let alone the last team standing in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. Once the initial pain um, washes off, 
it, it is going to be a celebration. They've got to be extremely happy with the season they've had. Um, to get to a Super Bowl with your young stars being so young, it's an incredible effort. So they ought to be really, really proud of themselves. And yeah, they they deserve to celebrate a bit, but they'll be coming back hungrier to do even better next year. I like it. And one more question before we go to either, we're going to do a way too early prediction, but are either of these teams going to be in the Super Bowl next year? Just a yes or a no, no explanation. TD. You're saying either of them is in one of them. If I say yes, one of them will be. Yes. Yeah. That's how uh, English was saying. Yeah. No, I thought we were saying for each of them. Uh, I'll I say no. Smithy. No. Yeah. I'm going no as well. Just how hard it is numbers wise to get back. All right. We're finishing up now. We know this is the last uh, NFL sort of show during this season, even though this will be the first NFL show on YouTube. So if you are an NFL fan and you enjoyed, uh, we'd still appreciate a subscribe, whether it is these longer style videos or if during the off season we start experimenting with maybe shorter videos or shorter discussion videos, stick around for the journey. It's going to be a fun one. If you're an NBA fan, uh, Smithy and I, and hopefully guests throughout uh, as we grow and grow and grow, Smithy, we might be able to get um, hopefully more people on, but we discuss the NBA as well. And each video is characterized. So if you're only a fan of the NFL and not the NBA, we will be doing off-season stuff as well. We won't be going anywhere. We hope you enjoyed. Our man Smithy signs us off in his signature style. And uh, it's been a pleasure, boys. First year done and dusted. And take it away, Smithy, as we finish up. Yeah, massive first season of TDs and threes, NFL style. Uh, so a big shout out to Daz for hosting throughout the year. Always does a great job. Always gets us prepared. Me and TD aren't the most prepared people. So uh, <laughs> he's always got us in line with run sheets and stuff like that. Uh, TD, it was a late uh, late entry into the show. Uh, we got him on for, I think it was our last preseason show of mm. the NFL season and took to it like a duck to water. And we said, all right jump on you're our third man for the nfl season and he has been brilliant all year we can't wait to get his drive-by compilation to you guys just quietly so um, oh boy big thanks to td big thanks to all the viewers and listeners uh who have stuck by us this year we've had a really cool little community grow uh, with over uh 1100 downloads throughout the nfl season so really staggering numbers we never thought we'd get anywhere close to that so massive thank you Sorry for the sappy uh, little speech at the end, but it's the end of the season. So <laughs> that's what it is. But we will see you NFL fans soon for some off-season content. But until then, stay safe, everyone.